Hi, everyone. Welcome to the timingresearch.com crowd forecast news for December 19th, 2022. Uh, we are recording this at 1 p.m. Eastern time, and this is episode number 371. My name is David Cosmeter. I'm the creator of timingresearch.com, and you should be seeing my screen right now. Uh, and I have, for our guests today, I've arranged for Michael Katz and Leslie Jufelos to join us again. And uh, the option professor is back to moderate, so I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to him. Okay, great, David, and thanks a lot, everybody, for being here. This is the Christmas week we've got here, so it'll be interesting to see how they move these markets. Uh, so far today, the dollar and gold are fairly flat, but we're getting activity in the Treasury bond yield and in the stock indexes and in crude oil, so we'll have to see what's going on. Before we get started, let's introduce everybody. Uh, uh, Leslie, you want to start out and introduce yourself and your company? Sure. Hi. Uh, good morning, everyone. It's morning where I am. I'm Leslie Jufless, and my website is Trading Live Online. I'm a chartered market technician. I've been in the financial markets for over 25 years, trading, developing trading programs, and helping traders to do the same. Sounds great. And uh, Michael, uh, again, introduce yourself, if you would, and your company. Yeah, hi guys, I'm Michael. Um, I'm the CEO of Trade Pool. We are an online prop firm that fund uh, stock day traders. So uh, basically anyone that wanna day trade stocks in the US market can join us, go through an evaluation phase. And from there, if he passes and reach the goal or she, of course, um, we get them funded and they trade our own capital. Okay. Great. And of course, you get into that a little later in the broadcast where you can explain a little bit more into that. Um, okay. With regards to our starting point, you know, on Mondays, it's uh, time to put up the opening price for the week, which I think is around eight, uh, 3855 on the SPX cash. So our starting point was 3855 And the question always is, where will we end up on Friday? And some weeks it's easier than others. Uh, I don't think this is going to be an easy week either. But uh, let's start out with Leslie. Where are we going to be? Up, down, sideways? And what is your conviction level? Well, we've had several down days, um, pretty heavy down days uh, from last week. Coming into this week, I, I'm going to expect a bounce uh, into the end of the week. Yeah. And how confident do you feel about that? Well, 50, 50, 50, <laughs> can I tell you on Friday? Better than 50-50, but I, you're not I jumping out of yeah, your... Yeah, I think that the bias is down, but I think it's overdue for, for a bounce. So I'm going to go with 65%. Sounds good. And Michael, how do you feel? 38.55 as a starting point, and now we're at Friday. What are we looking at? Yeah, last week we we talked about it, and uh, most of us said that I believe everyone said that uh, the price would be lower than thirty nine, and I think that we'll continue to the downside at least for the uh, the next two days or so, and then bounce up maybe again to those level of the thirty nine hundred on the S and P. So we could we could be uh, we could be higher than thirty eight fifty by the end of the week. And how confident are you? Basis fifty uh, fifty or above or below? Yeah, a little bit above fifty percent, I guess, at the sixties. But we'll Something see like about that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Now uh, we've got uh, some of the markets under some pressure uh, here uh, today, and uh, with regards to uh, what you guys are seeing on the S and P, Gemini, uh, Leslie. Uh, well, you don't look at the fundamentals except in the paper but uh, uh <laughs> are you, you're, you're except what you, you tell me Jim. 
Yeah, you know, I say you can't turn off all the news and periodicals and not know any news, but you do focus on the technicals because you're trying to follow the uh, momentum of the money. So, uh, what's the momentum of the money telling you right now? Well, uh, downside bias. The um, the S and P 500 uh, tried to get through, you know, a a longer term trend line starting about a year ago. And the futures popped up through it, but they they couldn't close above it. The SPY and the SPX uh, came right to it and got price rejection to the downside. And uh, Mm -hmm. the price on the um, S&P using the futures is very close to a, a 50% 50% retracement, which is just around the 3840 level. It's just tested within a few mm-hmm. points of that this morning. But yeah, I, I mm-hmm. agree with Michael that we might see a bounce back up to around that 3900 level. But I do believe that we'll see the 50% level broken and uh, get down closer to the 618 retracement, which is about 3760-ish. Now, there was a, uh, I was watching somebody else uh, doing some charting, and they had two gaps that seemed kind of interesting. One was up near 4,000 and the other one was around 3810. Do you show any gaps at those two numbers at all? And are those possibly going to be a, a tractor or what do you think? Well, yeah, gaps can be you like magnets. Any? Yeah, I can see. Yeah, I, mm. I definitely see those on the futures. If for traders that are listening, if you just pop on a 60 minute chart of the S&P 500 futures and you take off your Globex data, you're going to be able to see those uh, gaps really clearly, um, especially the higher gap, the one that had a gap from uh, about just above four four thousand and uh, mm-hmm. gap down to an open about thirty nine seventy six. That's going to be the important gap to watch, uh, in my opinion, mm-hmm. because that was right on a sixty minute trend line break. And so I'm I'm expecting resistance at that level. This little shorter gap uh, down here just above thirty nine hundred. I think that might be a short term resistance area on a test, but I think the important one to watch is going to be the one up above a little bit higher. Yeah, that seems like it too. Um, Michael, anything uh, technical or fundamental or anything that you're looking at that you want to share? Yeah, as you know, I'm I'm mostly day trading. um, So not a a lot of, uh, (laughs) I'm not really into the fundamentals. um, Plus, you know, the the market is usually show will show you everything you need, at least in yeah. my opinion. And um, there are a lot of paid advertisement in the news, right? On the news, so yeah, you gotta watch yeah. careful about it. And um, yeah. looking at the S and P, looks to me like a, again like a nice momentum to the downside after um, after the bounce up. So let's say if we will continue to the upside going to the thirty nine area even a little bit higher mm-hmm. than that, 39, um, 39.25-ish. Uh, I believe yeah. from that point, we can start uh, pushing down again. And in that case, we will continue probably uh, lower than the 38, probably 37.50. So that's uh, can you, uh, share your, can, uh, This, yeah, this yeah. wouldn't be a bad time to share your screen and kind of walk everybody through an example of what today's action or... Friday right. and today's actions might have indicated on your material on uh, you know how to get long or short uh, on a day trading type situation. 
Yeah, and maybe so I'll get, show, get a little in, get a little insight on how your how your signals come up and that kind of thing. Yeah, so I'll give uh, an overview and then uh, maybe we'll go down to the some trades I made uh, today uh, in regarding yeah. to that. So just let me know if I'm taking a little bit more time than needed. <laughs> and the uh, so the S and P on the four four H four hours. So I'm looking at mm -hmm. um, mostly on a naked chart. Chart. I'm using the MACD below. Uh, when I'm using, uh, when I'm analyzing the the futures, I'm using the indicator the MACD as eight, twenty, and eight, not the um, not the classic one, just mm -hmm. with different numbers. And I'm also using uh, the two hundred EMA and um, four twenty EMA, four hundred and twenty EMA. Those are my favorite to work with. Other than that, just um, mm -hmm. you know, trend lines. Uh, supply and demand, all of those things. So uh, the market was pretty good, hammering to the downside, um, now reaching this uh, 420. I actually went long here and hopefully just um, to see a bounce all the way to the 200 EMA, but it didn't happen. So what, I'm, what I can expect is basically a, a bounce up, maybe just another drop to take those stop losses. Sorry just to take uh, other stop losses at this area because we are reaching um, a nice support level. Or maybe just another drop mm -hmm. to the downside, bouncing up all the way to the 39, maybe a little bit higher than that, 39.20ish. And then from there, mm -hmm. I expect it to uh, fall down again, but we will see how long it will take it. This is a 4H, so um, it could mm -hmm. even be you know next week or so. I'm not seeing any Santa rally at the moment, rally Santa Claus at the moment. Um, you so that's uh, the gap around. Uh, you, you see the gap around thirty-eight ten, which would mean maybe we go a little bit lower than today's lows, and then maybe if it's turn around Tuesday, uh, they would pop it after that. Do you see anything that even looks familiar to that? Yeah, or? you know what? I don't see any uh, gaps. I'm looking at the futures. So, um, okay. the mini S and P. Yeah. I, I don't see I've any gaps. I've got it on my here. charts. Whenever. You do? Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Okay. I when, well, when you know, when when you're sharing, you could point it out. So anyway, it is a situation where we, if we went down there and filled that gap, and then it started reversing, that could be um, an area of potential uh, of launch if we're going to get a, a pop rally. Huh? Okay. Yeah. I got it now. I just uh, dropped the extended hours, so now mm -hmm. I see. Yeah. Right here. Yeah. Filling this gap at around thirty-seven fifty. Mm -hmm. That could be also a nice, uh, nice point to start buying. But again, yeah. we are, you know, the momentum is negative, no doubt about. Uh, we broke through channels. Yeah. We we are lower than the EMAs. I mean, the momentum is weak. Um, nice uh, negative deviation in the MACD. So yeah, the momentum is negative. But you can also, this is what I'm looking for. At least when I'm trading uh, intraday, just looking for the bounce up. Um, on stocks yeah. mostly. Uh, so when yeah. price reaching the, the market reaching support level, I will go long intraday just on a one minute chart. Um, something that definitely to watch for is also the, the YM, the um, um, mini Dow Jones, of course. It's also uh, a great uh, indicator for the market, at least for this time. You know, we saw it mm -hmm. most of the time, uh, the NASDAQ was the leader. But then uh, the Dow Jones started to rally, and then the S&P and the Nasdaq uh, pushed also to the upside with it. And right now we are trading lower than the 200 EMA on the YM, the Dow Jones. Again, looking pretty yeah. good to push a little bit lower, and then maybe a bounce up. 
if you get a if you get a bot yeah yeah go ahead no can so what i wanted to see, uh, to show you is just um some of the trades i made uh, today just to get the idea of um how it looks like so for example in stocks i traded the the qqq the nasdaq etf and basically mm-hmm. when the nq reached a support level and had a nice um a uh, nice positive uh, deviation or diversion in the macd and uh, increased volume while reaching the support level then i started to buy that was a pretty fast trade like 20 minutes trade 30 minutes so i bought it here at at first then when it uh, dropped again broke the 270 dollars that's a round number psychological number support level increased volume mm-hmm. coming in at the bottom added more here stalled at the top of the resistance added more after a pullback and sold uh, right here so uh, this is a classic trade that I will take usually uh, when i see that the market is dropping down I'm looking for basically buying the dip for a major support level uh, i did the same thing on tesla just before it melted down so it opened uh, and pushed to the downside reached a major support level around the 150 body uh twice here you can see like the i don't know if you can see it clearly but there's a like um triangle green triangle then sold it all the way to the top so those kind of things i i would usually do um and also traded baba i love those chinese stocks they got great mm-hmm. moves so yeah. um sold it all the way in this area then when it dropped uh covered the short obviously i could have made much more but you know that's only when looking back yeah and then news out of china uh, they used to uh, they was to be uh, mandatory to be locked in your apartment now it's voluntary because there's so many people getting sick out there they don't even want to leave their apartments huh? yeah i mean the china is not just about the covid but um also regulations and yeah it's yeah. always fun to trade I mean, in chinese stuff yeah with regard to um, um as i'm hearing you it sounds like uh your entry and exit or your entry points anyway sounds a little bit uh, discretionary in other words uh, you mentioned uh, macd and a divergence on that and you're looking at uh, what other indexes are doing so you know you have a kind of a discretionary way of buying and selling not uh, particularly automated yeah you know what um i've been trading for 15 years so i guess probably uh, about 7 or 8 years i was very very much into automated trading manually but very much like a robotic if you have this this and that you enter but as as i grew as a trader um i just became more of a discretionary trader because mm-hmm. you know when you have the experience you just started to see things that you don't that you don't when you trade in two years yeah. or three years And when you do uh, get into a trade, uh, do you have any standard uh, exit strategy or are you still working with just a discretionary gut level? No, I mean I do have a list of um, reasons to cover basically and uh, as right. soon as I see that with a discretionary uh, mind, I act right. upon it. Right. So you don't have any kind of a uh, concrete uh, you know I'm going to buy the S&P if it hits um, you know the, you know so you just get in for whatever reason you get in. you don't have any kind of uh, physical stop in there or any type of uh, uh exact uh, risk you're trying to take on every trade it's, it's pretty much your own decision making i mean for the stop loss uh, 99% of the time i want to 
I'm afraid to say it when we have people uh, listening, but I, I don't put my stop loss in, uh, in the system. Maybe right. someone else is listening. Maybe he should or she should. But oh, I yeah, yeah. at least... Um, no, this is just you know, your own method. We're only talking about your methodology, not the entire yeah. planet. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't use... Most of the time, I don't use a stop loss in, in the system. And um, I do have my ways, you know, and like, again, the reasons to cover. I'm reaching a resistant level. I see increased uh, volume uh, on resistant level. I see that the market is uh, shifting. So those kind of things that tells me, okay... This, this is the time that I need to get out of the trade. And as you saw, and basically most of the time I'm entering and exiting the trade, you know, scaling in and scaling out. I right. won't go full in just with one, uh, just with one entry. Um, so this is also something that I really enjoy doing uh, as I continue to grow as a trader, because as soon as you understand that you manage the trade, a little bit different. So you go, let's say you have a daily loss of, um, um, let's say, $100, and you want to risk per trade 30, 30% out of it. So, so you're risking this $30, you're not go all in and risking an, on one click $30. You want to enter with $5 risk and then add in $10 risk and $20 risk until you reach that 30% out of your daily loss that you're willing to lose per trade. Uh, hope it makes sense. So you do, you do, uh, you do uh, have some type of discipline on how much risk you want to take each trade each day. Hundred percent. Yeah. 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 Hundred percent. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. Because obviously, you know, uh, risk management uh, is the lifeblood of uh, staying in there. Yeah. You gotta. You yeah. gotta have it. But uh, but as soon as you continue um, to crafting your trades, you basically start to play with the managing side of the trade. So it's not really necessary to, to enter the, the right point at, at the right time, you know, the exact uh, mm -hmm. millisecond or the exact point, the, the exact price. You right. can actually play with the trade and manage it. Well, Leslie, I'm going to turn it over to you and uh, you can put up uh, some stuff uh, that you're looking at and maybe discuss some of your methodology as far as uh, entry and exits and uh, you know, give a little idea on uh, your take on how to proceed. Okay, hang on. Let me get my um, screen share going here. Mm -hmm, sure. Okay. I think it's interesting to hear, you know, uh, the methodology of each person. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it. I think it is too. There's, um, you know, there's many ways to to trade. Um, right. Even just that one statement encompasses many, many things: time frames, markets. You know, focusing on one market, focusing on a lot of markets. Um, I, right. I'm a discretionary trader, but what I what I trade is tested, and I um, use a percent of capital available. I, I do initiate um, all of my trades with a set stop loss that's been tested. Um, I tend to, um, I prefer wider stop losses uh, to give the market time to jiggle and wiggle around. I think one, mm -hmm. one um, basic error newer traders make is using um, stops that are too close. And that generally mm -hmm. is because they're placing their stops out of fear, not out of studying where the correct stop loss should be. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's something that, that I find is um, something that's fairly easy 
uh, easy fix for traders. They just need to study their, do some work on the stop loss. So I generally initiate my trades with a wider stop loss. And then um, it depends, my exit strategies depend on the specific market conditions that we have. Um, the volatility, um, the, yeah. are we in a range? Are we in a trend? And so those are going to dictate the uh, the exits on that. But I use um, pattern recognition. And uh, so this is an example of a pattern. This is an ABC cell. This is on the SPY. I generally trade futures. So this pattern, um, I'll give you just a little explanation of what you're looking at here. We're looking at a daily chart of the of the SPY. This is the trend line that I was referring to. So this goes back to the high um, of the market from late December, early January. There was um, an ABCD cell pattern here as actually a butterfly pattern because this leg extended above this last swing and the butterfly pattern is a reversal pattern. Doesn't always get this huge of a, a move, but um, it's it can get powerful moves for sure. So this trend line has been holding really beautifully. There was a little bit of a pop-up above that trend line here, but there was no closing. So this that's going to be the important thing on a little bit longer-term basis is are the closes above this trend line. And generally, you're going to need at least a couple of closes above it to, to confirm. And so I don't think we're really going to be in any kind of bullish conditions until all of the indexes get above that trend line. The Dow has been above it, but the Dow has much fewer stocks in it than the other indexes. Um, so we don't have confirmation from the other indexes. So on this uh, rally from the October lows uh, up to uh, these recent highs, it formed an ABCD sell pattern right at that trend line. Now, unfortunately, the few on the futures, which is what I trade, have uh, the same pattern, but the uh, what's called the completion point um, the futures price did not quite get there. And so um, I had to wait for an entry below, uh, back below the trend line again. So let me show you a couple of things what I was talking about. So hopefully this will put things into context. What I'm showing here with this green line, in case you're curious, is these swings tend to be equal in, in length. And markets make these what we call harmonic moves. And they can make contractions, expansions of what the primary move is. So on the downside, this length is like the primary uh, length them seen uh, on the down swings. So I'm looking for if on a little bit longer term basis, we break below these lows made in October, then looking for an equal length swing coming into about that 618 retracement using the 2020 lows. So that's why I have these lines marked on the chart, just in case you're wondering what some of those lines are. So that's what those are. So here's the 60 minute chart that I was um, talking about. So if you take off um, the overnight trading session, and you're just looking at the regular session from open to the regular close, that's going to allow you to see more areas where you can find those um, gaps. And also, I like to use horizontal 
um, lines. Michael had that beautiful uh, upward sloping trend line, the parallel that's broken. But we can also see that there was a big range uh, here that formed. And so this is broken. That's just where that little gap is. He was talking about might come back up to a little test. And then I, I would expect also some down move from that. But I've done a um, measured uh, move target. This is just sort of um, a rough a way to estimate a move. You can take about the height of the pattern. I'm not including this little pop up uh, outside of this range. I'm just including this height and just, you know, cloning it and uh, projecting it to the downside. So somewhere uh, probably between that 618 retracement, 37, let's just call it 50, rounded off um, to about the 3700-ish level. There is in right between the 786 and 618. I don't um, keep that one on my chart, but it's the 0 0.707 uh, Fibonacci ratio. And so this projection is coming into what would be um, that ratio. And we can see just using my horizontal cursor there, if you follow that across, you can see the support area there. This was a resistance area where the market came back up through. So that price level, you can see previous gaps in that level. So this price level right around this area um, is an um, area that the market may find some support for a bounce back up. But for me, in order for this market, again, the daily trend line is important, but on a shorter term uh, time frame for this market to turn really bullish again, this is the gap I was talking about that is more, more important uh, here. Uh, this is the gap that from the failure, this is the first gap to the downside. Uh, there was really no attempt by price uh, to get back up into and close that gap. And uh, if the price were able to come back up into this uh, area, it's coming back to about the halfway point uh, of that range. But if it closed this gap, I would have to make an assumption um, that price is heading up above and breaking the upper resistance uh, area. But I don't have any bullish indications yet on you know anything that I'm that I'm looking at. The price the price really has to prove itself on the bullish side right now. There might be some good Michael showed you some nice um, counter trend bullish trades that he did this morning. And I think for traders that are shorter term, um, they're able if they're nimble enough to catch some of those. For longer term traders, I think it's a bit of a risk trying to catch uh, some of this downside, unless you can kind of monitor any positions fairly clo uh, closely, because these down moves tend to happen much more swiftly. And um, they, you know, that's why they call them bear, bear markets. I don't know if everybody knows this, but it's because bears, when they fight, with those big claws, they swipe down very sharp, swift moves to the downside and bulls with their horns, they they fight with an up, um, kind of upward movement, but our down moves are generally much, uh, much faster than the than the up mm -hmm. moves. Right. So I, wanted... I had a couple of questions for you. Yeah. Oh, can I ask you just a couple of things real quick? Yeah. Of course. Um, you mentioned about, uh, uh, and I think this is very important. Um, fear with the stop losses. You know, my uh, my feeling on when you hear fear of stop, uh, where you put the stops or whatever, it comes down to one of two things. Either a uh, the capital you're using is not really risk capital, so you're worried about it, and or you have too many positions on. 
So would you say that uh, the fear with the stop losses can come down to either uh, you got to make sure it's risk capital and B, you are probably trading too many positions? I think those are two two of the elements that can lead to that fear. I think one of the, um, those are definitely things that lead to that fear. But I think also a, a really important element is that most traders don't have a written or a tested um, trade plan. Uh, Michael obviously has been in the markets long enough that he he knows mm-hmm. the price behavior that he's that he's looking for. He knows that, but a trader mm-hmm. one or two years experience are not going to be able to read the markets with that kind of confidence. But a trading plan is what. So Michael's trading plan, he's got it kind of in his head, and he knows what he's looking for. Traders should. Mm-hmm should definitely develop a trading plan. That's their guide that guides them through the markets, that that tells them how they enter um, trades, what their trigger is, what their stop loss is, and what their exit plan is. Um, If they do some testing around that trading plan, that's going to build the confidence. And again, they're going to test and know where the stop loss should be. Uh, and so that's mm-hmm. going to that's going to help them deal with that type of that type of fear. I, I think that's the strongest tool to deal with it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, even a, a small amount of contracts, you know, if you get on a nice ride, like we just had over a 200 point move to the downside on the S&P, one E-mini is over 10 grand. So it's not like you, you can't make any capital by not having big positions on. You know? No, that's true. And, and you know, um, th- that's absolutely true. And so the position sizing, is, but, you know, the position sizing might be different in up markets and down markets because of the different mm-hmm. volatility uh, factors um, that, that go with that. Uh, but there's also, um, you know, the, uh, the minis, the um, e-mini minis, mm-hmm. <laughs> micro minis, mm-hmm. um, you know, and those are those are a great place for traders to start to be practicing some trading um, with. Some traders, I remember years ago, um, if you guys know who Mark Douglas um, was, he, he brought us the book Trading in the Zone, which is a great book on the psychology of trading. He's mm-hmm. sort of the one that kind of brought, you know, opened up the topic to traders before mm-hmm. it was a little bit, nobody wanted to discuss it. Um, but mm-hmm. but um, he talked about, I think in that book, he talked about um, the, a floor trader that was a really great floor trader. And the other traders used to tease him because he only traded one lot and they're all trading, you know, fistfuls of lots, but he outperformed them um, because that's where his psychology, that's where his mental boundary was with number of contracts. Mm -hmm. Some traders can scale up to really large numbers. Other traders are going to be in between one lot and somewhere between that. And it's really important to find where that balance is and um and stay and stay with it because trying mm-hmm. to exceed it or get some help to try and expand it if it's really a you know um you know a tough thing to get from one to two to three to five to ten to a hundred then get some help mm-hmm. somebody that can help monitor and uh guide someone through that process it's all very you know, the other question i had is Oh, yeah, I, I agree 100%. But if you do find yourself, uh, you know, um, very fearful, uh, those two items I talked about, uh, risk capital and uh, sizing, you know, probably at the root of quite a bit of it. Yeah, I think so. But anyway, here's another, right. here's, another, here's another question I have for you, Leslie, because I think this is very important. 
Um, I have a long-term chart, like a monthly graph that goes back uh, 20 years on the S&P. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you have a, a chart that you could put yeah. up that looks like that? Yeah. I and then I use, I use a long-term moving average, maybe a 36 SMA or something like that. And I noticed that in the last 20 years, only like three times has it been violated. And every time it's been violated, the market's gotten right back above it, almost like you know, people um, are trying to keep the trend going. Uh, it happened in 2018 when they did tightening. It happened during COVID. And then recently when we went down to 34.91, it got it. But then we got right back above it again. And uh, that comes in on my work at around 38.60. And so my feeling is, is that if we can kind of stay above 38.60, maybe 34.91 can hold up. And if we can't stay above that number, and we're not doing it today, uh, if we start really going into the 37s or 36s, you know, that could be a pretty, uh, pretty negative thing. Do you show anything on that long-term graph well, that gives you yeah, any insight? Yeah, just to hang on just a sec. Give me just a second to catch up with you on the, sure. on that. Yeah. Because as we enter the new year, you know, some people might want to know where the macro uh, trend looks like. Because again, you know, people who bought in and around this moving average in the last 20 years, you know, that's when they really got a pretty good price on things. And everyone's talking recession and everyone's talking all these negative things. And you know, when everyone talks one way, sometimes it goes the other. You're Usually. Talking, yeah, you're talking, yes, right. Yeah, some, there's times to take a contrarian view. That's for, for sure. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. Really, I mean, the, the consensus is a big recession. Yeah, the big uh, consensus seems to be recession in the first six months and happy days in the last six months. And uh, frankly, it could be the reverse. Well, I'm back um, just 10, you know, 2010 on the my futures chart, but I can use a SPY or SPX chart. Um, to go yeah, back. Yeah, would be the same thing. Okay, yeah, yeah. let's let's Just use so, that. So people, so people can get a big picture on what the flow of the stock market has been. Because when we were up at 4,800, one of the reasons I was negative is it was so far away from the moving average that it's common sense that we we're going to have a reversion back to the mean. And then yeah, with the Fed hiking, yeah. you had the reason, you know? Yeah. There, so now we're there kind were of floating around it, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, reversion to the mean is, <laughs> I think, you know, that's that can be a tough one because markets can always go farther than that, you know, oh, yeah, than yeah, you yeah. think they can. But then the probabilities are, the, you go over probabilities, and if the probabilities, you know, the higher something gets overbought, doesn't make it less overbought. Right. It's okay. just what you want to do with your money. You know, if you don't want to be involved in what we had in 2022, you know, even if you got out two months too early, that certainly wouldn't be a negative on the result we had in 2022. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. So let's, can you, let's walk through what you were just saying on this chart. And so I can point out those levels. That- okay. I, I was looking at a, a longer term um, um, moving average and basically seeing that uh, since I showed it since 2003, um, we basically had been up swinging. So the moving average is rising and it's still rising. And then basically we penetrated it a couple of times during that 20 year period. But every time we penetrated it, it got right back above it and the bull market continued. Okay. And now we're back around it again. You know? Okay. Yeah. Now. Okay. I'm full. Yeah. I don't have a long-term moving average on this. Maybe Michael um, has one, but yeah, I do know because I have looked at that. I have looked at that chart with that moving average before. And you're absolutely right. It mm-hmm. tends to get back, back above it. Um, and mm-hmm. we could, we could almost make, you know, a stationary trend line, um, here with that in lieu of a moving average. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that that's just a matter of um, monitoring the price if it breaks through it um, and seeing, does this stay through it? Amazon has just broken a long-term 
very long-term yeah, trend has. line. And um, yeah, some of these big tech stocks are, I mean, they just look yeah. ugly, ugly, ugly. And uh, yeah. I don't see them coming back anytime soon from what this price action is. And so I think the question is, is we have such a divergence on, on the indexes um, is we have not seen capitulation in this market yet to the downside. Um, and so the, the question is, is tech leading us um, lower? Mm -hmm. If we look at, you know, a right. chart like uh, EEM, emerging markets, um, ETF, right. that had such, in fact, if you don't mind, I'll just pull one up real quick. Um, just a second, go to the braid little symbol. It, okay. I showed you some of the retracements between, you know, the Dow, the, the Dow's um, retracements are much higher than the S&P and the NASDAQ's really lagging behind. So the NASDAQ mm -hmm. had retraced down to the 618. The S&P had retraced to the 0.50 and the Dow had retraced just a little below the 382. But look at the emerging markets. Look at the how deep this retracement is from the 2020 low um, up to this two. 2021. This is a very, I mean, that is um, markedly deeper than our indexes. So uh, my, you know, the question that I have in my head is, okay, are we following some of the other global um, tendencies right now? Is the, is the NASDAQ mm -hmm. tech leading us down, down further? Um, and the Dow's just had sort of this kind of going the you know a different direction than the majority of the of the stocks and i i kind of tend to think yeah and um yeah and again it's a limited universe seen, of only 30 stocks right we and we just have not seen anything we can call capitulation in a bear market and that's no. generally how bear markets end so yeah. on this eam chart this 886 retracement this is what i call the last chance retracement it's it's not a not a ratio that a lot of people use. I don't know after if I talk about it enough, they will, but <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's, it's very it's a very handy ratio to use. Um, most traders use a seven eight six, and of course a six one eight, and they'll use where the one is. It's all this space there, but this is what I call the last chance fib ratio. And you see the retracement that came down here. Now, if this retracement breaks, there is a very high chance that the price is going to get at least to this 1.0 and more times than not will break the 1.0 and go down to one of these extensions. So if this breaks, so this is a level, so this is where we're looking at um, a compilation of some of the largest global companies in the world within this ETF. So I think this is mm -hmm. giving us some really in information. So um, this level, I'm definitely watching uh, watching here. Yeah. And I think if that happens, then the long-term moving average is going to be broken. Exactly. So the longer we would stay under 3860, that obviously would move the average down. So we do yeah. 37, 36, 35. Not only are we going down again, but it could actually be breaking the, um, the spirit of the uptrend. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's been going. That's been going. That's been going around since you know started easing. You know, yeah, with yeah. With the QT, I mean, yeah. Uh, now, the and it, if it holds it, great. And we start to get yeah. some more bullish indications on some of these other time frames. You know, great. Then, but again, right. this this little trend line right here on the um, 
daily chart. Everybody can just draw that right in and watch that on their on their charts. Um, sure. I think that's going to be that's going to watch. Yeah, that was a really good point, okay. Jim. That was for longer term view. I'll be happy to share, uh, Michael. Uh, I want, well, if possible. Yeah, Michael. I, I wanted to you to chime in here and take some time also. Um, as you go and uh, talk about this, to maybe go into a little bit about how you do the tra uh, training of the traders, because I know you have your own, uh, shall we say, discretionary gut instinct way of looking at different indicators. Do you, do you, I was wondering, do you use that as a uh, model for the, your training, or do you kind of let the people come up with their own ideas because they're going to be responsible for their own trades? Yeah, so we give them a lot of tools and a lot of guidance, but at the end, we want them to decide which asset to trade on and how to apply the, the risk management and the strategies. Because, um, you know, I have my own style, but there are many others that can do much better than me and um, they will trade different than what I used to. So, so anything, you know, any trader that want to try it can do that. And if you prove well, yourself, well, I got a question. I, you know, yeah. I got a quick question for you. As far as the markets that they tend to trade, Michael, you know, because you're short-term trading, obviously slippage can be a real big problem uh, in certain mm -hmm. markets. In other words, you know, you might say, okay, that trade's not working. I think I'll get out. And you, and if there's slippage and you lose 20 points uh, because of slippage, that can eat away at your capital. So are there some markets that you uh, would uh, generally not uh, trade because of that reason? And are there some that you would because they have better liquidity? So, I mean, at the moment, we are only trading, our traders only trade uh, the U.S. market. They can trade small mm -hmm. cap, mid cap, large cap. Of course, what I, um, you know, the guidance that we share with them or, and the videos and the lessons and all of those things are aiming for high liquidity, um, you know, as much volume as you can, stocks in play, right? those kind of things, yep. and not going at all to the to low volume. Um, there, there, of course, would be a slippage yeah. there, and doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's. I mean, that slippage could really eat into your capital, uh, in, a, in the, you know, especially if the market got uh, illiquid and slippage. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, this time of the year, because we are, we have so much volatility, you can easily trade the market. It's a, you know, just spy and queues will be enough for you. Yeah, you don't really right. need anything other than that. Um, Leslie, right. if possible. Uh, I would like to share my screen. Just oh, of um, course, yes. Thanks. Just to talk about the um, long-term uh, analysis a little bit about that. So I'm looking at the S&P and this is a weekly chart. First of all, we can see um, uh, the 200 EMA held in perfectly in 2015, 2016. Then at uh, 2018, the Corona, mm -hmm. it broke it a little bit and now we are holding it as well. And this is right. something that, um, and again, you can, as Leslie showed, um, you can just mark the level from here and also maybe draw it as a trend line, as a channel, something about here. And when I'm looking at this at the moment, so uh, there's a lot of space to the downside to reach that support level of the channel. And the MACD has already created a positive uh, deviation when it broke the, the previous low. But what we can expect is maybe a drop to the downside, reaching the support level. The MACD will continue to the downside, but won't break the previous low. So creating- What new... level is that support level you're talking about? What's a ballpark level uh, there? It's like 
3270 ish. Oh, okay. And it, so that's a full-blown, uh, full uh, that, that, that would be a full-blown maybe capitulation time frame. Yeah, and it also makes sense because we are reaching the, the area, the highs before that. So the resistance mm -hmm. and the support. So it does make sense that if we'll go down, this should be the level to start buying or at least uh, analyzing it and understand if you want to join from this point, something like that. Right. And yeah, and if the MACD will stay above it, so creating new higher lows, reaching support level should be with high volume coming in. So, you know, mm -hmm. most of the times, especially when you start trading, they all tell you that you need high volume when the price is uh, moving higher, right? But at the end, we, uh, when we're looking at reverse, we want to see high volume coming in at the bottom, like right at the, at the support level. We had the same year, high volume coming in on the 200 EMA. So mm -hmm. if we will go down, and this is the, the point of... Um, of basically the dip, the, the last dip, then we should see high volume coming in also around this area. And mm -hmm. yeah, so this is what I'm looking at. If we're looking uh, for a long-term a long term analysis. You can and also a lot add, of people might want to know, uh, you know, because we're all technicians, but we also, well, not we all, but some people would like to know uh, some kind of reasoning why it would go down there. And it's really as simple as S&P earnings for next year expected at $2.30. If they were to drop to $2 and they use a 15 PE, 15 times $2 is 3000 So for those who would like to have a reason why it might go down there, you know, your reason would be the earnings get cut and the PE ratio goes to about 15 because the Fed keeps hiking interest rates, which puts a pinch on PE ratios. That has nothing to do with the technicals, but some people like to hear, you know, uh, yeah. some kind of rational reasoning on why it would go down there. Right. Makes sense. So, um, yeah. And if you will add on your chart, if you want to add on your chart, the 420, the 420 EMA, it held perfectly in COVID, during COVID. And again, this, is a, this will be a nice drop to the downside. But if we will continue to the downside and let this is a, like a, it's a weekly chart. So it might happen, it might not. And if so, it might take it a little bit time. But yeah, for, for at least for the scenario. So let's say we will drop down to the downside, holding this support level, bouncing up. If we will bounce up, we should, of course, reach this uh, resistance level, uh, like the support level will become resistant. And also the 200 EMA played perfectly for 20, for the last 20 years or so. So it should, again, act as a resistant as it acted as support. So in this case, and this is, a again, it's a little bit early to say, but uh, let's say it anyway, reaching resistant level, dropping all the way down to the 420. And from that point, we should uh, see, again, probably a bounce up first. And then hopefully I'm not scaring anyone. Now, I, was, I was wondering, well, you know, it is what it is. I mean, you know, uh, some a lot of people probably wish they were scared at 4,800 and they wouldn't be going through the year they did. Um, so sometimes giving people what it looks like it might do, in other words, at 4,800, when you're saying it might revert down to 3,800 because it's a hundred, uh, it's a thousand points above where it should be based on the moving average. That sounds far-fetched and it wasn't so far-fetched yeah. six months later, you know, um, here's two things that I'd like to talk about with both of you guys. We'll start out with, um, with Michael first, um, crude oil and gold. So do a little analysis on both because, uh, you know, some people are talking about 100, 120 crude, and some people are saying the gold may break out above uh, the 1800 and get moving. Let's get a viewpoint from uh, Michael and Leslie on those two markets before we run out of time. 
Okay, so, so Michael, uh, what, do you, what do you see on crude and gold? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm looking at gold uh, on a four hours. It broke through this uh, mm -hmm. perfectly channel and went up. Looking pretty weak at the moment as I see it, you know, just for mm -hmm. just a quick look. Um, you can see that the, the waves, like the rally is getting a little bit tighter, a little bit tired. Mm -hmm. the, um, the angle, the, the number of uh, candles coming in, pushing the price higher, we broke through that resistance level, but couldn't uh, close above it. Really, those kind of things. At least, uh, at least for the moment, showing me that um, it doesn't look pretty good to the upside. In my opinion, maybe dropping again, trying to reach those uh, uh, support level around the 1760s, and from there mm -hmm. we will need to analyze it again. But for me, it's mm -hmm. gonna bearish and. Yeah, there's a lot of resistance over that 1800, 1850 area. So what you're yeah. saying is it looks like it's uh, failing a little bit from that area. Yeah, it will take it a bit yeah. until it, it can break through it, I guess. Um, yeah. yeah. And price getting weaker. And um, how's, the crude, how's, the, how's the crude looking crude, to you? You know what? I didn't look at the crude for a while, to be honest. Um, well, you didn't miss much. It went from, uh, yeah. uh, went from <laughs> 95 down to 70. So. Just... Uh, Kind of a little bit of sideway, just a tiny drop. Um, yeah, maybe I'll give uh, Leslie the, the, the chance to answer that, and I will take a minute to analyze it. To do a little, sure. Yeah, Leslie, how do you feel about the the gold and the crude oil? Um, uh, maybe on a even an intermediate and longer term basis, as opposed to just uh, like Michael was saying in a very short term basis. Um, well, I'm looking at the chart of G GLD, and um, if I could borrow the screen for just a second. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. We're very generous with it. We were generous with the screen. <laughs> you guys are. You are. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and I want to show you, I had the exact same chart Michael um, had. I uh, want to show you that real quick, too, but I'll be quick on this. But gold um, had, you know, a nice strong GLD off of off of these lows. It's had a nice rally up here. But right here, it's just in it's just in the middle of this back to this big congestion zone right here. I, I think after a pause, I think gold can can make its way higher. Uh, I think it's a question of um, how far down we go. This line here, that's where there's a little gap area right here. If it if it closed mm -hmm. below that, I, I would be changing my mind on it. But I think if we stay mm -hmm. above this area, especially if it stays above um, the, the entire gap where these lows are here, it just does a little correction down and then starts to move up again. I think we'll see some nice higher prices. So I think it's a little bit mm -hmm. in a in a mixed bag um, right now, but I I think if we can just hold that support i think it'll see some higher some higher prices yeah so. the fed seems to be trying to wear out everybody you know they wear out the bulls in the stocks and they're probably trying to wear out the bulls in the gold and they're just trying to uh you know get people uh, a little bit more sanguine about the future i guess yeah but this is the but anyway would, oh yeah. i just wanted to say i love that chart michael um put up I, a presentation i did just a couple of weeks ago i had the same the channels going 
uh, with it. And um, mm -hmm. for those that use the Fibonacci um, retracements, just the area he was just talking about, that's where these measured moves are, are coming in and the previous um, support line from 2020. So, I mean, I think if we, if we break and things look you know, like you said, you know, you monitor the price around here, but they could give that could give a nice, very nice buying opportunity if that mm -hmm. if that does occur. What do you see on the crude, Les? Okay, let's take a look at crude. Well, if you don't mind, I'll use XLE. Sure. Okay. I think some more downside okay. to come before mm -hmm. before more uh, more upside. So this had a big ABCD sell pattern, and then it got a lot of congestion in here. The descending triangle uh, is broken it to the downside. Tested here, got a measured move down here around the 0.50. Uh, even if it extends a bit lower, I see lots of support down around this area. So this might be a buying opportunity if it doesn't just blast right through it, right around this 79 and a half to 80, a little bit lower at 618. About 76 and 76 and a half. But I don't, I'm not, I don't think right now, I still think it has more correction to do to the downside. Mm -hmm. We can we can pop on to the um to the futures crude real quick and take a look. So the um you can see crude made it to that point five oh. This is the resistance line on crude above here. Uh bullish, more up, uh staying below it, either it goes into a big range breaking this and most likely down at least to that 618. I don't see it really bullish right now. No, I mean, yeah, uh, everyone's talking about next spring. Yeah, I think uh, maybe China going back into their apartments probably didn't help it too much because, you know, they were kind of counting on a China demand story, which uh, mm. seems to be delayed at least, you know. Yeah, so, I don't know. There's but, been uh, some, yeah. I mean, I've heard a lot about, you know, of course, the inflation, oil, everything that was only part of the story early, but I'm still hearing that is part of the story. And I think that's old news. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, I think that, you know, what I'm seeing on the, on the chart, just not seeing anything really bullish right now. Nothing confirming that. Yeah. All right, we're going to be at the top of the hour, Leslie. So why don't we, uh, uh, again, reintroduce ourselves. And also, if you have any special offers you'd like to extend, uh, this would be a great time to do it. Yeah, well, thanks thanks for having me on. It's always fun to do this show. Um, again, I'm Leslie Jufless. My website is Trading Live Online. And the website exists to help educate traders uh, and bring them through a process so they can improve their improve their trading. I do have an all-course uh, bundle special right now. You'll have to email me, though. I do not have it posted on the website. It's only on my email um, list, but you can look at all the courses. So it's all the courses bundled together. And we're going to follow up with six months of online um, kind of question answer, going to the live charts, putting all that material um, together starting in January all the way through June. So I'm, I'm here to support uh, traders. I, you know, I don't just tell your course and disappear. I'm, I'm accessible. And my goal is to help you become a better trader. And that's, um, that's a path that can take a little time uh, to find sometimes. So I help you find that path. Sounds great, Leslie. And Michael, uh, could you reintroduce yourself in the firm again and a little bit of uh, any special offer you want to extend? Yeah. So basically, uh, we call trade a pool. It's our TTP in short, and we fund stock day traders. So anyone any trader, even if you're a one-month trader or a 15 years trader, you can 
try our evaluation phase. You pay a fee of around $300 and uh, we test you in case uh, you make it and reach the goal, um, not reaching the maximum drawdown, reaching the profit that uh, the program uh, objectives for, uh, in the program, then you get funded and you start trading on our capital. Uh, we have a lot of guidance and support throughout this um, evaluation phase and through the funded phase. And actually, uh, right now we are running a Christmas deal. So basically, we are splitting more profit. So instead of 50-50, uh, what we usually do uh, right now for Christmas deal, we are running a 70-30% uh, split in the profit. So 70% to the trader and we keep, as, a, as the firm, we keep 30% to ourselves. And uh, you also have uh, 45 days to pass the evaluation to reach the goal that we aim. For day traders, it's amazing because uh, especially in the U.S., you need at least $25,000 to day trade. And we actually providing that with as little as $300. Okay. That sounds uh, good, Michael. Thank you very much. And Leslie as well. As far as option yeah. professors concerned, we do have some... Um, uh, PDF reports on how to hedge against market declines and upside surprises, which has been very helpful this year to people. And also we have a one-on-one -on -one review of the market you own, and we give you our vantage point and our expertise on what you're holding. So just go to optionprofessor.com, put your information in, and we'll get that over to you. Again, uh, Michael and Leslie, thank you very much. Have a great happy holiday. Okay, guys? Thanks so yeah, much. thank you. Happy yeah, holidays, Christmas, everyone. Guys. Yeah. Yeah. Bye-bye. Okay, Bye. and uh, we'll talk to you soon. And this is going back to David now. David, back to you. All right. Uh, thanks, everyone. But yeah, great discussion today. A lot of good info. So uh, please be sure to subscribe to Timing Research on YouTube and your favorite podcast app. Uh, also, if you subscribe to uh, or if you have a Substack account, I do have the Timing Research um, updates on Substack now. So you can subscribe there, get updates on new events and everything. Uh, just another channel to uh, to, to find out um, all about our uh, you know the info that we offer. Um, so you can just search Substack on the or search Timing Research on any of those platforms. And I just want to thank my guests again for today: Michael Katz of TradeThePool.com and Leslie Jufloss of TradingLiveOnline.com and uh, the Option Professor of OptionProfessor.com. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Bye, David. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks.